Welcome everyone to Flutter Spaces. The date is December 13th, 2023. My name is Matt Carroll. I'll be your host today. Usually I co-host with Ray Lee, but Ray is out today. We hope to have him back for next week. Before we jump into various Flutter and Dart topics, I've got a few news announcements. Uh, so next week, we've scheduled a chat with Kevin Moore. Kevin is a member of the Dart language team, and he's going to chat with us about WebAssembly and what it means for Dart and Flutter. So if you'd like to hear that chat, be sure to follow me on X, formerly Twitter, so that you'll get the notification. I'll post that space to my profile a day or so before we actually go live, and then we'll have that great chat and hopefully learn some things. Uh, also, a piece of news about our Flutter Spaces. We've launched a web page at flutterspaces.com where you can find the tweets for every previous Flutter Space. Uh, we've also converted previous Flutter Spaces into a podcast called Flutter Spaces. You can find those episodes also on our web page at flutterspaces.com, but you can also find that podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. I was going to submit to Google Podcasts, but apparently Google Podcasts is just the latest Google consumer product to be shut down. So that's on its way out. Now, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a former member of the Flutter team. I was on the team from 2018 to 2020. Currently, I provide Flutter development services at superdeclarative.com. I also run the Flutter Bounty Hunters, where we work exclusively on open source Flutter and Dart packages. So if your company would like to save money by funding open source tools instead of having to build all those tools yourself internally, check out flutterbountyhunters.com. Now, the goal of these spaces is to bring the community together, to give the community a place to ask questions and make comments and share ideas. So ideally, my job here is just to switch from one of you to another as the conversation progresses. So any and all Flutter and Dart questions and comments are welcome at any time, starting right now, moving forward at any time. If you'd like to ask a question or make a comment, just press that microphone button. It'll re request to bring you up on stage. I'll accept the request, and then I'll give you a shout out when, uh, when you're ready to speak. So again, starting now, anybody who wants to talk about anything, please do come up. I don't have a co-host today, so Ray and I can't sit here and go back and forth. Uh, so if we want to have a good space today, then it'd be great if some of you can come up and share anything at all, what you're working on, questions that you have about Flutter or Dart, comments you'd like to make. Please just hit that mic button. I personally don't have a whole lot of Flutter and Dart news uh, or topics for us today, just a few things that are on my radar. I am curious if anyone in the audience has used WidgetBook. Uh, so last night, I actually, I got a drink with Lucas from WidgetBook, who just so happened to be visiting the Bay Area here in California in the U.S., uh, and Anthony from AtSign and Neelai from the Flutter DevRel team got him uh, to come out to downtown Sunnyvale. A, a handful of us had some drinks and talked about Flutter things, but I'm curious, have any of you used WidgetBook? Have you heard of it? Do you have thoughts on it? If so, please hit that mic button and, uh, and chat about it with the rest of us. 
I also know that recently there was a Flame Jam event. I guess it's like a Flame Game Engine hackathon. I know uh, Rutvik, a member of my Flutter Bounty Hunters team, he uh, he made something during that hackathon. And I think you can find that over on his X profile. I think he posted either a video of it or maybe a link to it. Did any of you participate in the Flame Jam? Did you make any interesting games? Do you have thoughts about Flame as a game engine? Love to hear about that as well. I also noticed uh, on my Twitter feed, X feed, uh, a video from, I'm not sure how to pronounce the app name, maybe it's Rivio. It's a video editing app. They had a neat effect where the screen appeared to freeze over and then based on where you touch, you can kind of wipe the ice away. Now, I have no idea if that's a Flutter app. I'm guessing it's probably not, but maybe it is. I don't know. But I thought that was a pretty neat effect. I don't know if any of you saw that or if you had ideas how you might accomplish a similar effect with Flutter. I'm guessing that shaders would be at least a part, a part of that uh, effect. But I'd be interested to hear from any of you about that as well. And then the only other topic on my mind that's come across my feed is that there appears to be a new managed cloud platform for Flutter and Dart called Celeste. They claim to be a YC-backed startup. I'm not entirely sure what they're focused on doing other than just generically being a managed cloud platform. I also don't know what their rationale is for just focusing on Flutter and Dart, but that seems to be what they say on their website. So I'd be interested to hear from any of you about that if you've come across that company, if you're using them. So any any thoughts and comments from the audience? Anybody like to come up and chat about Flutter and Dart? Surely one of you out there has something you'd like to talk about. If not, it's gonna be a real short space today. Anybody wanna talk about what they're working on, what you're building? features, prototypes, experiments. Leonardo, uh, looks like you are connecting, but Leonardo, whenever you are done connecting, you're welcome to jump in with anything you'd like to talk about. Leonardo, did you want to speak? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, sorry, I don't want that. Uh, okay, uh, it's not a dart or slash flutter castle. But is how can I grow up as a soft engineer uh, focused in mobile applications? Uh, I have some questions about this. 
uh, I would like to grow up and understand more how technology I can use, uh, how as as Flutter engineer, uh, how I need, what I need to know, etc., etc. So you're asking about how to become a more experienced and capable developer. Yeah. But it sounds like, yeah. but you want to know about areas outside of Flutter and Dart, or you want to know about Flutter and Dart uh, themselves? The question is inside Dart and Flutter, yes. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll welcome anybody uh, from the audience who would like to add their two cents. But my view tends to be that you learn things as you need them. I know that it's common for a lot of people to go around watching things like video tutorials or reading blog posts, and they they tell themselves that this constitutes learning something. But I think in practice, you don't really know how something works until you build it and you ship it. So I think if you want to really rapidly become better with the Dart programming language and with Flutter as a UI toolkit, you should try to build as many real things as possible, as quickly as possible. And they don't need to be big or complicated, uh, but just an end-to-end -end experience, like an, an actual little mobile app or a little desktop app, something that you can actually build and deploy somewhere Ideally, one where you could have users, but maybe maybe you could be the user yourself, and that would still kind of do the trick. Um, just to give you one example out of out of my own life, that I, something that I'm working on is that uh, I have this team, the Flutter Bounty Hunters, and we have a kind of unique billing model. Uh, we the way that we charge and categorize work and things it's a little unusual, so it doesn't really fit into a traditional time tracking and billing system. So I'm building a desktop application for the members of my team to log their hours. They'll log the hours in our, you know, based on our category system. And then that little desktop app will generate invoices, both for my team members to me, and also from the Flutter Bounty Hunters to our clients. There's not a whole lot to that. There's not a whole lot going on. It's pretty simple, but it is an end-to-end -end experience. Like there is an application that ha that needs to be built and runnable on desktop. It needs to generate the appropriate PDFs for the invoices, and and people are actually going to use it. There, my team members will log their time, and then I'll use it to actually generate those invoices. Along the way, I'm exposed to a lot of stuff. For example, how do I configure that the size and position of that window in a Mac app? How do I build a Mac app through GitHub Actions, including things like signing it? Uh, how do I render PDFs with Dart? Uh, you know, what am I going to use for the server side? If I'm going to do Dart on the server, I could use Shelf as kind of a low-level implementation. I could use Dart Frog. I could use ServerPod. I got to find what I want. I got to figure out how to use it. By the end of that little project, I've learned a wide variety of details and I've delivered value. So my two cents would be to go that direction, just find something worth building, build the full thing end to end, deploy it, and you'll know a lot when you come out the other side. Does that make sense? Uh, doesn't make sense. Thanks. 
Sure. And do you have any, well, so by the way, anyone else in the audience, if you'd like to come up and provide guidance on that same question, please just hit the mic button. Um, but in the meantime, Leonardo, did you have any other questions or comments you'd like to bring up? Mm, I think not. I have some questions about Impeller, how Impeller works, etc. But uh, I don't know if someone has some comments about this. Uh, honestly, the documentation, in the Flutter documentation about Impeller, I don't, I don't feel it's so good. Uh, I don't understand what. So I would like to understand more about Impeller, Impeller Engine. So the comment is that the official Flutter documentation for Impeller, which is the new backend rendering system, isn't so great. I haven't looked at it myself. I will say that I think that probably the documentation for the Flutter engine in general has always been quite poor. Um, I, you know, the Flutter engine is the kind of most rarely work, you know, like the, the fewest outside contributors contribute to the Flutter engine. Most of that work is done internally within the team. And even within the team, it's a very small number of developers who really understand the engine and build it. And these people, um, at least some of them, they have very deep academic and technical backgrounds. So they know just like they know more about what they're doing than any of us will ever know. So I think what that tends to produce is documentation that assumes that we know things that we don't know. Uh, and also, we kind of get piecemeal documentation, little bits here and there that those engine developers decide to write down. But they're really, I don't think, I don't think there's been a UX effort to thoroughly document how the engine works and why. And to make that even a little more complicated, Impeller is this brand new backend. I think they're still making decisions about how it's supposed to work. And that means that probably no one is taking the time to fully document how it works because it keeps changing. Hopefully the documentation will get better once it stabilizes, once it's used on all platforms. But I think, I think until then it's probably going to be pretty poorly documented. However, as with all things in Flutter, uh, I would say maybe file an issue on GitHub or, or add to an existing issue or just let the team know that you want better documentation and you don't understand the documentation that's there. Because if the team doesn't know that people want something different, then the team will never spend the time to create it. So the first step is always to let them know. Yes, uh, yes, definitely. That makes sense. Open a issue and let them know about this. Yes, makes sense. Thanks. Sure. And if anybody else would like to come up and talk about anything related to Impeller, by all means, press that microphone button and, and talk to us about your experience or what you're hoping Impeller becomes or anything like that. Uh, and in fact, that invitation goes to all topics again. Uh, I have no co-host here today. Ray is out. So uh, we will talk as long as some of you in the audience have questions or comments that you'd like to bring up. And then once we run out, that'll have to be the natural end of our spaces today. So would anyone like to come up and ask any questions or make any comments about anything related to Flutter and Dart?
This can include things that you're working on, experiments that you're running, whatever you'd like to talk about, come on up and uh, let's have a conversation. Hey, welcome to the stage. Got a couple of things. I don't have these in mind. Uh, just force myself so there's no silence in the channel. Because I, I like what you guys are doing a lot. And I subscribed to the uh, podcast immediately when I saw it on Twitter. Uh, so can't wait for new episodes. Yeah, so uh, maybe one interesting topic is uh, the Swift UI. And... Uh, what they are doing with uh, the de developers, and I think they are creating a big UI toolkit, uh, something like the material design toolkit, which makes uh, a centralized hub for all their developers uh, to use. Maybe when the material uh, widgets were created, everyone thought this would serve that purpose, but in reality, we are all using material widgets, but we are not having a consistent UI or some nice UI. Some, I think it's very boring. How can we do this in Flutter? Uh, do we need third-party packages which are so customizable, uh, and which, which lay the ground uh, work and uh, it's open to customization? So we can change them because right now I see there are some great packages, some UI packages that we can use, but they are not customizable. Uh, our designers give us some Figma files and they want us to do some crazy slivery work and stuff like that, but it's impossible to do them. So the only, the only way to do them is from scratch. And this, this means uh, more time, more resources. I just want Flutter to be easy to build UIs, beautiful UIs. So what, what do you think about this? What Swift UI is doing, what Flutter should do, or maybe if I'm wrong, if it is right now easy and maybe I'm doing something wrong. So that's all. Yeah, thanks, Aitung. And I'm, I'm glad that you uh, I'm glad that you subscribed to the podcast and that you came up on stage to talk about that. I think maybe let's start with some examples. Can you give us two or three examples of things where you think Swift UI is is doing something that's more helpful, more useful? Where are they getting it right, and you think that maybe Flutter and Material is getting it wrong, or where are there where are the, what are two or three examples of things that you wish uh, the Flutter community provided to create those those custom designs that currently aren't available? Mm. In my daily work, uh, my biggest pain points are especially the overlays. So like uh, the bottom sheets, the uh, dialogues, and uh, putting custom UI in these kind of elements, in these kind of live elements. And I, for, for instance, we are trying to make some uh, iOS style text pages, and we want them to have silver-like behavior when, when there is a long list 
and it's in the end of the list. And if we keep on scrolling down our fingers, we want that pop to happen as well. So these kind of things are my biggest pain points. And I feel like it is very easy to do, to uh, develop these in Swift UI with custom uh, stuff. But in Flutter, yes, you can make a page with different elements. It's easy to make them. Once you try to put interactiveness into it, then it gets really hard. Okay, it's a little it's a little tough to know without seeing that whether what you're describing is kind of utilizing default Swift UI behavior, and and that really Swift UI just gives you some things that happen to work well in your case or whether Swift UI actually has fundamental differences. I do know that Flutter's bottom sheet, the built-in kind of material bottom sheet system is definitely buggy. It has problems. I've, I ran into those recently myself. Those aren't really, those aren't due to the foundations of Flutter. Those are quality issues with what Flutter has built for the bottom sheets. It's also possible that Flutter's existing approach to scrolling is is a bit uh, too controlling that it's because you kind of mentioned sharing scrolling with across multiple experiences, which often a bottom sheet does the bottom sheet. You scroll the sheet up and then you scroll the content up and you, when you scroll it down, you scroll the content and then the sheet, and then maybe the sheet collapses. And now maybe you're scrolling the content behind it. There's a lot of opportunity for shared scrolling and I don't think that Flutter has done a great job of creating effective scrolling primitives to be able to share that control easily, which then leads to really buggy bottom sheet implementations, which we've seen. In terms of Swift UI specific stuff, uh, as you know, I'm leading an effort to clone Swift UI in an open source Flutter package. That work is ongoing. It's very slow to get started, but we have been kind of limping along. And therefore, if we accomplish our goal, the Flutter community will have all of the same UX opportunities that Swift UI gives you for iOS. You'll have that in Flutter. In terms of the more general Flutter issues, I do tend to think that almost all of our solutions will be found in third-party packages. The Flutter framework, they they allow contributions, but I've long said they don't embrace contributions. Uh, they're willing to come out in kind of public blog posts and statements and say, oh, look at all these people contributing to our project. But when you go into pull requests, the Flutter framework team is often unhelpful and rather abrasive. They don't make it easy to contribute. They actually make it quite difficult and frustrating. This has been the experience for many people for many years. Now, I'm not saying that something like contributing to, to Android open source is easier. Doing that is even, you know, is way worse than what it is with Flutter. My point is not that Flutter is the worst. My point is just that Flutter incentivizes people to not contribute and to stay away. And getting things into Flutter can take an extraordinarily long time for relatively simple behaviors. Therefore, my perspective on the framework has been, the framework developers should build core constructs and tools that are essentially applicable to any and all 
Flutter applications on all platforms. Everything beyond that, whether it's material, whether it's Swift UI, whether it's some kind of vanilla base UI toolkit, or maybe some kind of futuristic, um, you know, like cyberpunkish UI toolkit, whatever it might be, all of these things should be done in open source packages in the community because there we can more effectively receive contributions. We can try a lot of different things. Nothing that we do in the community is ever forced upon Flutter users. And so you don't have to worry about stuff. You mentioned, for example, that we all kind of end up relying on material widgets. And why is that really? It's because material was is shipped with the framework. Material is the default uh, UI design language for all of Google internally. And with that default being included in the framework, many of the framework developers decided to rely on material inside the framework in places that it's probably inappropriate. See, if material were a separate package distributed separate from the framework, then all the stuff in the framework would have to find out how to exist without material. But it's really easy right now in the framework to implement a widget and have it you know, implement a non-material widget and have it import some part of material. And this is how material seeps into every last crevice of framework, Flutter framework code. And now we all rely on it and we're like, you know, how can we ever remove this? That's how we end up in the situation that you described. So I'd like to see everything that's not fundamental moved out of the framework. I'd like to see more community packages used to accomplish that goal. I think Flutter is totally capable of anything we want to do. We just need to build the right things on top of it. So does that kind of answer your question? Do you have any follow-ups after that? No, uh, it answers perfectly. Uh, and uh, I understand uh, the limitations and everything. Uh, this is a big open source project. So I understand that, but I'm just saying that in general, uh, we might need to take some inspiration from what UI is doing. Uh, right now, uh, some parts of it, because I think Flutter opened the doors for uh, this kind of UI development and everyone has followed Flutter. So I would just feel really bad if they surpass Flutter. Uh, that's the only thing that I want to tell for the subject. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, in the past, like I've, I think I've mentioned this on multiple spaces now. In my mind, uh, I have believed for some time that Swift UI is the, is the closest thing that Flutter has to a direct competitor. And it's not necessarily like right at this moment, Swift UI doesn't claim to be trying to go to all the different platforms the way that Flutter does. But that's those who focus on the multi platform part, I think they kind of miss the concept of what competition really means. Competition just means that when a developer decides to specialize in one or the other, that developer is making a choice. I think that in general, someone is either a daily professional Flutter developer or they're a daily professional Swift UI developer, but they're probably not both. And that right there means that Flutter is in competition with Swift UI for development market share. I'm very concerned that Swift UI is doing far better on outreach. Uh, it, Swift UI is doing far better at, at getting developers interested and 
I mean, I do think that some of the things they choose to show are largely irrelevant from an actual development value perspective, but there's no doubt that a lot of the stuff that they show, even if it wouldn't help you in your daily job, it makes Swift UI look cool, look neat, modern, whatever word you want to use. So I'm very worried about Swift UI sucking up market share from the Flutter world, which of course costs us job opportunities, but also, you know, given that Flutter is the one thing that's trying to go to all the platforms, as long as Flutter exists, we can take our skills to any platform we want. But if Swift UI manages to kind of hobble Flutter, if Flutter fades to the background in favor of, of Swift UI, well, then we're pretty much back to just, you know, either we can develop with Swift UI for iOS and Mac, or we're, or if we want to go to Android, we've got to use Jetpack Compose. Uh, and if we want to go to Windows, we've got to use .NET MAUI. So we're, we're back to this different solution for every rectangle world, which I think is the worst place to be. I've, I've recommended that the Flutter team, uh, they, they move past their kind of milk toast marketing. I think the, their desire to never have a conflict or a confrontation, their desire to never position what they're building in contrast to the actual competition, I think that's a huge mistake. I think that they are kind of seeding marketing ground to Swift UI every day over that. Um, so that my, my concern at the moment is probably more marketing than anything else. But you say we should learn from Swift UI, and I agree. It, it, places where Swift UI is doing valuable things that are obviously valuable, we should try to learn whatever lessons we can. I just hope that what we learn from Swift UI is about where Swift UI provides UI value and that and that the lesson we learn is not that we need to have another argument about state management. Because of course, a big part of Swift UI is the use of these annotations to create implied state relationships for variables, implied rebuilds. I really don't wanna see that baked into Flutter and I really don't want to see our community argue about whether it should be baked into Flutter. Uh, so if we can learn lessons other than that, I'm, I'm happy with it. But I'm worried that we're going to find ourselves trying to just take their state management stuff. We're going to have to change the Dart language to make it possible. Going to have to change Flutter to make it possible. And then we're all going to be forced into that one way of doing things. Uh, so if we learn the right lessons, I'm all for it. But we certainly don't want to learn the wrong lessons, right? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, one last subject that I want to touch, if I have time, is uh, even non-technical uh, management uh, in different companies know about some of the limitations of Flutter, uh, such as, for instance, I heard this from several people, and it's sad to hear this. They know that we cannot put platform views in uh, scrolling list views in Flutter because it is crazy laggy, especially on the 120 hertz modern iOS devices. So these kind of limitations make Flutter look bad. Uh, I, I don't know, like uh, if uh, the team is not working on them or if there are really very fundamental problems uh, in uh, in the engine or not. But these things make Flutter look bad 
not only in the development world, but in the management world as well. And these changes, decisions, decision-making processes. And at the end, they affect the job market because companies give importance to these kind of performance variables. What do you think about this? Uh, you know, similar to one of the earlier comments, I would say the the first thing I'd like to see is uh, an issue filed for it, and in that issue, like an issue filed with the framework, and I'd like to see that issue include a minimal sample of it. So you mentioned transforms inside of a list view. I'd I'd say you know write some code that really quickly puts a bunch of those transforms into a, a list view with a whole bunch of items, such that the problem is visible you know, paste that code in there and say, look, this is, this is unbelievably laggy. And then also include that the reason you're posting this is because you've heard from, you've heard you know, multiple organizations have chosen not to use Flutter because of versions of this problem. And then let's see what the Flutter team says. I was hoping that Impeller would kind of make all mobile performance issues disappear by utilizing some some lower level um, graphics systems and also pre-compiling all animations. But if that's not the case, if even with Impeller, there are still these easy to recreate, massively laggy issues that are that are preventing companies from adopting Flutter, at a minimum, let's get that stuff clearly filed I think if if you can file that, share it on Twitter. I'll you know tag me. I'll retweet it. Let's get some eyeballs on it. And I think this is one place where we, as the community, kind of have to step up. We we can't assume that the Flutter team is just aware of all these things. It's easy for people to try Flutter and then decide not to use Flutter, and the Flutter team never finds out that they tried it or that they decided not to use it. And so the Flutter team just keeps going like everything's fine, when in reality, companies are actively avoiding it for various reasons. We've got to identify that anywhere we can, and we've got to file issues with the team, and we've got to socialize it so that they understand that they have to fix this stuff, or they're going to lose a lot of market share. I think I should leave the stage to someone else. Thank you very much for your uh, sincere answers. Sure. Thanks for coming up and asking the questions. Um, and by the way, anyone's welcome to stay on stage as long as they want and talk as much as they want. This is meant to be a, a community discussion, so it will go as long as we have people in the audience who want to make comments or ask questions. So with that, would anybody else in the audience like to come up and ask anything, make any comments, talk about what you're working on, just hit the mic button. That'll bring you up to the stage and then you can say whatever's on your mind. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, for those who have come in since the beginning, usually I have a co-host and usually it's Ray Lee and Ray Lee and I can go back and forth and talk about things today. <clears throat> today I'm on my own. So this space will last as long as you and the audience have something you want to talk about. But once we kind of run out of things to discuss, we'll end up closing down the space for today.
So if you do want to talk, if you want to bring anything up, hit that mic button and I'll bring you up on stage. Is anyone building apps with Flutter, like a side project or project from the App Store? Maybe we can talk about that. Well, I'm bringing Fabian up. Fabian, you're now on stage. Uh, what would you like to talk about? Hi. Uh, just wanted to comment generally about uh, your thoughts on WebAssembly. I think that Flutter uh, is lately kind of betting on the future that WebAssembly would be like this uh, ultimate platform in, in which the next generation, let's say, web frameworks is established. And I think it, Google is, is making a, a good move towards uh, having Flutter be uh, have a good presence once like WebAssembly uh, is uh, used throughout a lot of different browsers. And I, I wanted to get your thoughts about that. I think it's an, a very interesting proposal, but it also begs the question as to how uh, how useful and, and and how many how many users will, will that get, or or what boundaries, new boundaries Flutter could get by by supporting WebAssembly from from the beginning. Sure. So I do want to repeat uh, an announcement that I had at the beginning for anybody who has joined since then. Next week, so seven days from today, we're scheduled to have a space where Kevin Moore is going to join us. Kevin Moore is a member of the Dart language team, and he's going to come talk to us specifically about WebAssembly, what it is, what it means for Dart, what it means for Flutter. So if that is of interest to you, please make sure that you follow me on X slash Twitter. And that's, you'll see it posted on my profile uh, probably next Tuesday, and then it'll go live on Wednesday. Now, just in terms of talking about it today and what my thoughts are, and of course, I since you're still on stage, you're welcome to jump in here uh, after me and offer any thoughts that you have. But I think that WebAssembly is 100% something that Flutter should support. I want Flutter to support it. I have long been a proponent of the web browser being more of a portable operating system than being this amalgamation of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript that the whole world uses for some reason. If the browser is a portable operating system, then it becomes a far more open and free space to create whatever we want, paint any pixels, handle any gestures, represent any content, uh, so I very much want to see Flutter go that direction. I also think that hopefully when Flutter, when the world embraces WebAssembly and Flutter embraces WebAssembly, then Flutter will have less of a perhaps download impact, you know, download size and speed impact. Because if a bunch of app, if all sorts of applications are going to be built against WebAssembly, then browsers kind of need to optimize for download size and speed. So browsers perhaps will, will integrate some kind of dependency system within the browser itself so that after you, download, after you open the first Flutter app in your browser, all other websites that use Flutter through WebAssembly perhaps will be able to avoid re-downloading existing dependencies. 
that's just, I don't know that that's going to happen. That's just a guess on my part because that would be a better world for everything built with WebAssembly. So I think it's a very important milestone for browsers. I think it's kind of a watershed moment where the world will hopefully move towards the browser as a portable operating system instead of this hack-to-death document viewer that it's been for the last 30 years. Uh, so I'm very bullish on that, and I do want to see what Flutter can do. Uh, but Aitank, do you have any thoughts on that topic? Uh, I agree with you. I think that um, lately the browser has a lot of new APIs. It has file system access, sensors, notifications, and WebAssembly really opens the doors to, to a, a new type of web applications that is not, as you said, have all the hack implications of having to support HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, which are, are good technologies, but it's the, the complex apps that we're building today is not what these uh, technologies ambition. And I think Flutter will be very well positioned uh, to that future and to, and to that market that I think it will, it will be big because uh, it will bring homogeneous access to, to web apps in a way that it's not possible today. Yeah, Fabian, I think that's well said. I think that's well, that obviously it, it makes sense to me. I think we're aligned there. Uh, and so hope, hopefully that is where we're headed. And again, you know, a week from now, hopefully Kevin Moore can come on here and say a lot more about it. Uh, and I, you know, I hope you get a chance to join so that possibly you can ask some questions of Kevin and get some, some deeper answers. And uh, again, I, took, I just want to give you a chance to jump in there if there's anything you'd like to add. No, I don't know too much about uh, Wasm. Uh, I, I did production Flutter web uh, apps before. Uh, I had many, many troubles uh, with uh, rendering using different renderers uh, in some of them. Uh, some parts were working uh, in some of them. The browser, uh, the desktop browsers were working perfectly, but mobile browsers were not. So it was a big hassle. If this wasn't stuff, it's going to solve this and it is going to uh, give the same experience in all kinds of browsers. If it is, it doesn't matter which render or it doesn't matter which platform is being used, then I, I'm all up for it and I'm excited for it because. Uh, it's going. It's maybe going to make all Flutter developers real web developers at that point, and it's something huge. But to be honest, I don't know much about uh, non-Flutter web, so this is all I can say. Yeah, I think I remember you bringing up some of those issues of browser incompatibilities, and yeah, I, I guess the future will tell if WebAssembly solves it, but. Uh, when I think about the concept of a kind of assembly language in the browser, I would tend to think that the browsers would have to make pretty strong guarantees about what those operations do. And so I think maybe as a side effect, a lot of those inconsistencies might disappear, hopefully, if WebAssembly is done well. So I totally hear you on that, and I, I hope that that is resolved. Uh, I do want to welcome Marco to the stage. Marco, uh, do you have any questions, any comments? Feel free to jump in. Uh, Matt, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Excellent. Yeah, thank you for letting me in. 
Uh, by the way, I've been watching your uh, YouTube uh, tutorials for a long time. You've been at it for a long time with Flutter. I remember you making those tutorials. They were very, very advanced. All that math calculations. You know, I just wanted to let you know I appreciated those. Um, but I wanted to jump in also on the WebAssembly because um, I do projects also in web. And I've tried to do these web projects in Flutter in the past where I needed mobile and web together. And, um, of course, I they were not at the level a few years ago where I needed it with Flutter web. So I went with Vue 3 and TypeScript. But as far as WebAssembly, I'm looking forward towards that. I know Microsoft has been pushing it with their Blazor, their WebAssembly. So I think it has a future. And like you said, we'll see what it brings. But I think I would love to see a little bit more strength and more efforts put into Flutter for web. Hey, Marco, thanks for that. I'm I'm glad that you've gotten some value out of those video tutorials. Uh, I, you know, I was well. I won't go into the long story about about how a couple of those channels uh, came to be over time. But it's it's. I'm glad that people are seeing those videos. I'm glad that you're getting value from them, and that's great. Uh, to your point about WebAssembly, I, if if Ray were here today, and I think I've, I've seen you on a number of these spaces, so you probably already heard this from him. But I'm sure if Ray were here today, he would completely agree with you. He'd say absolutely that Flutter needs to spend more time optimizing for web, and he's and he wants to see Flutter talk more about web. Uh, and Ray has also pointed out that he and he feels through his experience that when he tries to promote the, his own product codelessly, which is largely dependent on Flutter for web, it's, it's the, the de I believe the default deployment is as a web app sure. that he kind of gets the cold shoulder from the Flutter organization because they don't really want to talk about web. They don't want to promote it. They're kind of more fearful about all the things that aren't currently working on web then they are interested in promoting people who are doing cool things with Flutter for web. So I think Ray would be a thousand percent in your corner on that and say, <laughs> yes, spend, spend more time on it, make it better. But I think what we're hearing across all of us on stage, Marco, I, Tunk, and Fabian, we're all kind of thinking, you know, maybe, maybe Flutter is, maybe the future of Flutter for web is tied to the future of WebAssembly. Maybe Flutter is kind of blocked on that world until WebAssembly becomes a standard browser technology. Uh, I think we know that just, I think it was just earlier this year, quite recently, WebAssembly added support for garbage collection. Uh, again, we might hear more from Kevin Moore a week from now about this, but I think that was one of the major things that was preventing Dart from really going to WebAssembly was that there was no garbage collection uh, offered in the spec, and now there is. So as WebAssembly comes along, I do hope that we see, again, smaller download sizes, quicker loading, fewer inconsistencies, less lag, things like that. And as Marco, let me ask you, because you mentioned you tried it a little while ago. I'm sure it's changed a lot since then, Flutter Web, that is, because even I think Ray pointed out that just recently they, they cut the size of Canvas Kit in half, which was, that's the majority of what Flutter has to load. So the loading time is a lot better. I think some scrolling things have also been improved. But going back to the experience, Marco, that you had, do you remember some of the real key problems that kept you from moving forward with Flutter for Web? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the application that I was developing is uh, has a lot of financial calculations that are needed to do for real estate calculations. And, you know, in Flutter, it's easy to lay it out. It was easy to lay out the mobile version, the desktop, and the web version, you know, change the layouts. But in the web, the problems I was really running into, it was, it was just clunky. Uh, when you try to, the scrolling was not there. Like, you know, it, it's improving. But still, if when I compare what I've done in Vue and what I can do with the Flutter, as you're using the application, you feel that it's, it's, it's got, you can feel that it's a mobile application stretched to be in a web browser. It just doesn't have that feel like you have with your HTML. Uh, let's say using maybe Bootstrap for your CSS. Uh, it just doesn't have that kind of feel that people are used to, at least that, you know, that I've dealt with. Uh, but I am hopeful. I mean, I would like, TypeScript with all Flutter because Flutter is where I spend my time. In. Well, I tell you, I mean, I, something that I'd love to see then, because so I hear what you're saying about that overall feeling. You look at it, you touch it, and it's like this. This is a mobile app. This something isn't right here. It's kind of the uncanny valley. And uh, I find that typically those problems are they're a combination of little things that you really have to dig in and search for. Like on the surface, you can look at, it might be rendering full speed. It might be doing everything it's supposed to do and still something isn't quite right. And so what I would love to see is if you could take some part of that web experience that you've built with Vue, some part of it that just you tried it in Flutter and it didn't feel right, and maybe just post a video of one of those screens of your app showing, showing whatever doesn't feel right to you, and then see... What see if we can build a Flutter version that actually looks identical and behaves in an identical manner, because we might like who knows what we would discover as the root problem. Certainly, scrolling has been a big one, but I've also noticed that due to default theming in Flutter, of course you can change the defaults, but due to default theming, we often end up with padding and spacing that is either too small or too large compared to what you expect on web. And those yep. little details add up and you're like, oh, something is wrong here. And it turns out, well, really, it's just some bad padding numbers. But you have to like really dig in to realize that's the issue. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's part of it, too. And even the entry fields, um, you know, as you tap through the different fields, you got the uh, material widgets that are, you know, that are being shown, obviously, right? Um, and you can do with the underline or you can do with the full circle. Most people in web apps, they really are used to that bootstrap. And we can reduplicate. These are the small things we can reduplicate in Flutter. Like when a field gets a focus, we can do that little uh, LED lighting against the border like bootstrap does in CSS. But yeah, I could probably do a video and kind of show as you're inputting it versus the, uh, the full view version. You can kind of see the crispness how you're moving from field to field, what it looks like. It's just, you can see the differences. And users that use these products, they're non-technical. I mean, they're just, especially in the financial industry, the, the real estate investors, uh, they're not really, 
but high tech, they want something simple to use. They want something that helps them along. And that clunkiness that I had a few years back, you know, which I have not redone now, um, would have been a stumbling block for these users. So something would be off. Yeah, I totally hear you on that. It's, you know, obviously I work with a number of clients, both building open source packages, but also doing some occasional proprietary work. And I hear similar things. It isn't always clear what the problem is, but the these the non-technical consumers, the users, they feel that something is wrong and they complain that something feels wrong, but they don't know how to describe it. And then these teams don't know quite how to address it. And then when that happens in aggregate across many companies over time, it starts to present as this, this notion that, oh, Flutter just isn't for web, Flutter shouldn't go to web, Flutter is bad for web, these kinds of things. Uh, and I, I'm not, again, I'm not sure what the kind of tactical solution is to that. I think the more we voice these details and especially the more examples we can provide, then the better chance that the Flutter team can actually do something about it. I mean, I, I will admit, again, as, as Ray would say if he were here, that the Flutter team really seems like uh, they're, they're not necessarily focused on web. Now, Dart, it, Dart and WebAssembly is a little different. I think, I think uh, Kevin Moore is very bullish on WebAssembly, and I think the Dart team is very interested in supporting WebAssembly as a programming language. But the Flutter team focused on all the ways it might be used on web, they might be a little less focused on that. They might be kind of avoiding it at the moment. But the more that we publicly show these things that aren't quite right, and the more precise that we can become as to what's not working, the better chance that someone on that team sits down and fixes it. Because another way to look at it is if we imagine that we're a developer on the Flutter framework team, and a bunch of people are just going around social media saying, oh, Flutter, Flutter sucks on web, stuff like that. It's like, well, what do I do about that? Because, okay, I'm a developer on the framework team. They say it's not good. They say it sucks. They say it's bad. But like, what do I, what code do I literally go and write at this moment in the framework? The more specific we can get, if we can say, look, all these default paddings are slightly wrong for a web experience, or look at this scroll velocity, it doesn't match, or look at this text field, this default text field in the Safari browser it looks different than all the other default text fields in the Safari browser. The more that we accumulate those specific details, the more likely someone on the team is going to say, okay, it's Monday morning. Today, I'm going to go make our text fields look the way they're supposed to in a Safari browser on web. And then little by little, piece by piece, we accumulate the results that we want. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I agree with all that you said. I know that the Flutter team has been pushing, well, you know, Flutter Web is for web apps. You know, it's just an app. I get that. I mean, I understand what they're trying to say, but I agree with what you said. And yeah, I look forward to Kevin's uh, presentation because he's been pushing it up front, uh, which is good for us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like we have a lot of alignment here on the stage right now when it comes to Flutter for Web and also a web assembly for Dart and flutter so that's great and let's just keep the conversation impeller. yeah go ahead about impeller oh yeah and the impeller engine yeah i'm still looking forward to see what they will finally do when it's a final final release but i 
on the iOS applications, we're still getting that first jank when you first open up a second screen and navigate to it. You don't get that smooth, the exact same timing that you have in iOS. With a, with a native iOS, you tap on an item from the list, you go to the detail, you have that smooth animation. You, know? you don't have that yet. It's still, the first time you open, it's still a little janky. Second time, it's better. Like the timing is just too fast right now with Flutter in the iOS when you do that smooth navigation. Unless you override the default navigator, of course, and then you do your own uh, you know, animation. Um, so, you're, are you are you saying that if you if you use your own navigation implementation, that jank is gone? If you do your own animation, as I've noticed, that the jank is gone. Yeah. But if you use the native, just a regular navigator. 1.0, navigator, you know, you navigate to and you just put the, the name of the uh, detail screen from the list. I still see the jank um, in published apps that I have up on the App Store. Okay. I mean, I would definitely recommend that you file that issue. And I would also recommend that you point out, like, the difference that you just mentioned is probably very important. If you're able to launch your app with your own built-in navigation animation and there is no jank there's no first frame jank there's none of that but there is with navigator <clears throat> my default place to look would if i was on the framework team i would look in the navigator itself it sounds like maybe that's maybe that's no longer the ios specific warm-up jank maybe the navigator is literally doing a bunch of lookups or calculations and it's just legitimately dropping some frames there early on uh, but I, I think I would definitely recommend that you file that issue. You explain that difference um, because now, and just so everyone knows, now is the time to find every possible impeller bug that you can, because once it reaches a, a sense of stability, they aren't going to go tear up the whole construct again. I mean, this this is already an unbelievably complex project to replace Skia with this new rendering system called impeller that the Flutter team has essentially invented. So now is the time to tell them that stuff isn't working so they have a chance to go fix it before things solidify. Uh, so I, I would recommend that you go file that. Yeah, that sounds good, Matt. Great, great. Okay, uh, so we've talked a bit about web and Flutter for web and web assembly in general. Uh, by the way, everyone who's on stage, you're welcome to stay on stage, but I want to extend the invitation as well to anybody else in the audience. Would you like to come up and ask any questions or make any comments about anything's Flutter and Dart? Just press that microphone button and I'll bring you up. I do think that uh, if we don't have more comments, we'll start winding things down. We've been going for about an hour. It's not, not too bad in the absence of Ray to kind of uh, jump in and provide topics. So... Before we do wind things down, uh, does again, does anyone have any questions, any comments? Do you press that mic button if you'd like to come up on the stage? Looks like Marco, did you want to jump in one more time? I just want to say one tiny little comment. Um, I know that yeah, you love this topic, state management, right? Managing state and how it fits into the widgetry and all that. I find that maybe it might be worth devoting some time. I don't mean this time, maybe a future episode. On how it can be done just by native Dart and Flutter classes. You know, if you want to manage state in the widget tree, the different points, how you can access up the widget tree, or whatever you need to do, 
Because I noticed a lot of um, people think they must use a state management package for their app to be professional or good code, or as they say, clean code, um, because there's simple ways to do it. I personally don't use any state management packages. Uh, I just use the built-in classes that we have in Flutter. That's it. Start. And I think it'll be a good topic perhaps in the future if you want to spend any more time on that. I know you've made your point very clear in the past. And, and, and I like your points. You know, I think they're very good points. And it's been a stumbling block, I think, for a lot of even new developers once they come in. They believe that they must use a package and that they got to use that to be good. I come from a world where I was doing Windows programming before Flutter. And I don't know if you ever heard of this term, but it's called BLL hell. When you use too many packages together and you rely on them, there's conflicts. They don't get updated. Um, what happens when the packages don't get updated as fast as you need to? You're now your production level application cannot be updated because you're waiting for a package to be updated. It brings up all those kind of scenarios an application to be stalled or sometimes even die. You know, you have to use a different package. I know that's happened to me in the past. Just wanted to share that. That's it. Yeah, I think, thanks for bringing that up. I think you're absolutely right that most developers, especially the newer developers to Flutter, they don't, they don't know what they can do or what maybe they're supposed to do without using something like blocks or qubits or, or river pod or you know, Redux, any of these kind of packaged state management solutions. Uh, I think, you know, well, and one of the reasons that I that I try to recommend, as you know, that people talk less about it is because one of the reasons that developers don't know what to do is because the moment they start looking, first they are they are corralled into this term state management. Uh, this I don't, you know, a developer who has never heard that before, I think would be unlikely to naturally come up with that term. Instead, anywhere they look, that term is repeated a million times. And so they they condition their brain right from the beginning to have this term state management and to think of all these different problems as one problem called state management. And if we talked about it a bit less, maybe that wouldn't happen as much. But also, so many blog posts, you know, the first X number of results on a Google search about Flutter leads you to stuff about state management, this and that. A lot of the community, a lot of the posts on Twitter, state management, this and that. A lot of videos on YouTube, state management, this and that. And so all of that focus actually prevents new developers from learning Flutter tools that often do the same thing in a simpler way, in a way that you can better control because all of the air in the room is sucked up by this state management or that state management package and the tribal warfare between them. But I think you're, you're, when the, the problem you mentioned is absolutely correct. A lot of these developers don't know what to do if they can't use those packages. I, I ran a poll, I think, at one point that said, do, do you, are you capable of building apps without using a state management package? And something like 80% of the respondents said no. They literally don't know how to build an app without using a state management package. Wow, that's amazing percentage. 
yeah, it was, I was kind of shocked. Now, I mean, it was a very, very small sample size. I'll grant you that. So I don't know if it extrapolates, but that the sample size that I had, the majority said they, they literally didn't know how to write uh, flutter code or build a flutter app without state management packages. And that's, that's also why I've pointed out over time that, look, if, if that's, if you're one of those people, you're not really a flutter developer, you're a block developer, you're a river pod developer. You, 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 I, you can get things done that use flutter, but you really don't know how flutter works. And that's probably not in your best interest. Now, to your point about talking it through and explaining those things, uh, I'm working on a website which where I'm accumulating approaches to common problems and how I solve them in packages and in apps. Uh, and of course, none of those, none of it is package related, none of it is state management package related, none of it's navigation package related. It's just ways that I organize Flutter code to solve these problems. And perhaps what I can do is create a category on that web page or that website, which is just about this state management stuff. And I can inventory all the different things that people think mean state management and all the different ways that you can solve those problems without using a package. And then maybe we can bring that up on one of these spaces and talk it through. Uh, and in fact, you know, maybe, maybe I can have you and some other people look through that website first look at what i've described and then we can kind of talk about it communally on a space and give developers a chance to learn from that conversation that sounds wonderful to me great okay yeah i'm not sure that there's Matt, can, uh, can i share one last thing it's it's a good note i don't know if this was talked before yeah. it, it will be very quick the Gemini, sure. the Gemini project that uh, Google shared uh, maybe last week or so, uh, they showcased that in a video. Maybe most of you saw it. And they showcased that using a Flutter app. And they even uh, said the Flutter word uh, in the showcase. So this made me happy. And at least uh, I took it as uh, Google is prom still promoting Flutter and they're relying on it uh, and I think Gemini is a big project some people think it's just hype but I, I think it's it's a strong competitor for all the uh, GPT world and uh, since they are using Flutter uh, at least to showcase it and in the video they talked about Flutter I, I, I was happy about it so just wanted to put it out there thank you yeah yeah, I agree with that. Uh, we talked a little bit about it uh, last week that the Gemini news where the video came out. Uh, for those that don't know, Gemini appears to be Google's response to chat GPT. It's uh, an experience where you type in queries and uh, you do you can get text responses, but supposedly Gemini also can come up with uh, visual responses, including essentially creating a, an application layout right in front of you. And the way that these, you know, this entire experience, including the visuals that are generated, are all done in a Flutter app. This whole thing is a Flutter app. I agree with you. I think that's great news for Flutter. Uh, I, you know, I tend to think that there are probably a lot of internal Google products that really do use Flutter. And as long as that's true, 
Flutter is let's Flutter is safe. Flutter's not going anywhere. But I certainly I think it's great anytime that we can see Flutter used in a public area in a public way. The only unfortunate thing with Gemini is that it was later revealed that their promo video was highly edited. And so then there was a whole negative news cycle associated with Gemini after that. And so that's that's not necessarily good uh, for Flutter. Hopefully they get the real thing out there. It, it turns out to be really great. And the positive parts for Flutter continue. But I guess we'll see as uh, as things unfold there. But okay, I think uh, I think we're getting close to a good stopping point. Let me just remind everyone: if you didn't, if you weren't here at the beginning, a week from today, the plan is to have Kevin Moore in the space. I think hopefully Ray will be back. So myself and Ray will talk with Kevin Moore about WebAssembly. Obviously, everyone will be welcome to ask questions of Kevin or make comments, etc. But we'll bring him in to kind of have a WebAssembly-focused discussion, at least for the first part of the space. Uh, we do these every week, 12 p.m. Pacific. We have a website now, flutterspaces, plural.com, flutterspaces.com. There you'll find the time and date of our next show. You'll find the tweets that lead to the spaces, and you'll find podcast players, because I've also moved our previous recorded spaces into a podcast called Flutter Spaces, available on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon, and also embedded in our website. So with that, I'm Matt Carroll. Uh, if you'd like any help with proprietary development, go to superdeclarative.com. If you'd like to use our open source team to build open source tools instead of building them internally, go to flutterbountyhunters.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks especially to our speakers who joined to talk and ask questions. And we'll see all of you hopefully 